Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Holness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. So this week we start to look at Acts 6. We finally got into Acts 6. And uh, yeah, it's been such a blessing to to walk through the first five books of Acts. We said at the very beginning when we started this that you know, we would go verse by verse. The word opened is as a vision of opening God's word and in opening God's word, picking it out slowly, picking out slowly, you know, bit by bit of how what happened all those years ago with the foundations of the ecclesia as people's faith grew as the faith that had been taken from the apostles who had walked with jesus as faith grew how that impacts us today because these are not just words that are written in a book this is truth now how many of us actually stand back when we read the Bible and go, do you know, this really happened. This is truth. This is historical truth. It's historical truth of things that happened. But how many of us actually take that in? This happened. What I am reading now truly happened. And this is what we need to understand. You know, Christ's death happened. Christ's resurrection happened. Christ's ascension happened. Jesus is alive today. And he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, waiting for his time to return, to come back to earth. When the saints will be gathered up. Saints, that's believers. Believers, true believers. They will be gathered up into him. How many of us actually walk as a true believer in Christ? And this is what I want to encourage you with. I want to encourage you as we start looking in Acts 6 today. Your faith walk. Where is your faith walk? How are you walking in faith? Yeah, the Lord has been bringing this over the last week or so about a faith walk. The word that the Lord gave me at the beginning of the year was about being equipped to stand. Part of wholeness ministries is about equipping for ministry. The word ministry meaning service. We're going to see that pop up today you know, as we go through Acts 6 or the beginning of Acts 6. Being equipped to serve. Who are we serving? We're serving the Lord. And Every day, you know, as Wholeness Ministries, for those that are in the relationship with us, we send a video 
And we've been walking through the book of Hebrews verse by verse. And we've been looking in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, yeah, looking at where the writer of Hebrews brings out faith. Yeah, the faith within Abel, the faith within Abraham, the faith within Sarah. You know, bringing out the faith element. And so as we start today, I just want to pray Father, will you increase our faith? Holy Spirit, increase our faith today. As we listen, may our faith be increased. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Acts 6, we're going to focus on Acts 6 verse 1 to 7. And I pray that uh, you know, we do get through all seven verses. So let's dig in to Acts 6 and read in from verse 1. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicano, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a prostrate from Antioch, whom they set before, on the, before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. We're seeing an increase to the number of disciples. We see increases. We've, as we've been through the first five books of Acts, we've seen increases. The Lord has added to the number of the Ecclesia. And again, we see at the beginning of Acts 6, an increase. We see the number of disciples multiplying. But when things multiply, that can create issues. And it can be good issues, but it can create issues. Because as as things grow, as, as people, you know, groups grow, particularly within churches, there needs to be you know, more people serving and working within those people. You know, we all serve the Lord, but there needs to be those that actually administer to the people as well. And this is exactly the situation that, uh, that they've come up against right here. The situation that they need to be supporting and what is happening is that we're seeing this large number and we're seeing you know, remember the Israeli Jews but remember that we're, we've been talking about the fact that when Pentecost came there was Jews from all over the nations 
that had come to Jerusalem. And so the Hellenists were the Greek-speaking Jews. The Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews who lived with a Greek culture rather than a Hebrew culture. The Hebrew Jews, who were based in Jerusalem, had you know, their culture. But the Greek Jews came with the Grecian culture as well. And this is where the issue arose. Because there was a complaint. The word complaint actually is is not like we would might think, oh, they brought something. Actually, no, what the word complaint in the Greek here is the murmuring or the muttering. In other words, it was, you know, grumbling under the surface. Oh, we need to be careful of this. Grumbling under the surface. Do you know, we can be grumbling under the surface about all sorts of things. But that grumbling can lead to division. This is exactly what Satan wanted to do. He wanted, he could see the increase of what was happening with the disciples. He could see this mass increase of following for Jesus and Satan wanted to cause disruption. And there was this grumbling, there was this murmuring, this muttering underground which could have led to division. Oh Lord, may we just check ourselves in this moment that we are not grumbling. We're not grumbling about situations. You know, the world grumbles. The world grumbles at situations. You know, nations grumble against nations. People in nations grumble against their leaders. And what do we see happen? Division. Division is formed. And when division is formed, things start to crumble. That's not what God's family should be doing. God's family should not be grumbling. God's family should be united and working together, supporting one another. That's why Jesus is so clear that if there is an issue against someone, you need to take it to them. You need to take it to them and you need to deal with that situation. This is important because grumbling can lead to division and division can lead to cracks and cracks can lead to collapse. And that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants to bring collapse. Yeah, the Lord gave me a vision many years ago that would see the collapse of the established church. Now, I'm saying that from, from the UK, but I believe that we're going to see that. I don't know how far wide that is spread, but I believe we're going to see the, 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 the cracking. In fact, I believe that we're already seeing the cracking. I believe that we're going to see from that cracking the crumbling of the established church. And it grieves me. It grieves my heart with that vision. And I pray that it won't be a complete crumbling and breaking away. I pray that, you know, that I was brought up for many, many years in the, the, the Anglican Church of England. And I have many fond memories 
There's many things that you know I, I look back at and go, well, I'm not quite sure whether that was truly true and, and you know whether that lines up with scripture. But you know, my heart is that there's an alignment back with scripture rather than an alignment back with people. There's an alignment with scripture and God rather than an alignment with society. And I pray that you know God's family, God's church, God's ecclesia will will stand for truth but getting back into acts 6 we see that there's this grumbling and that the widows are being neglected in the daily distribution the widows have been neglected this so the hebrews are handing out you know, and and this is something that comes down from from the Jews. You know, the Jewish faith looks after the widows and orphans, and so this is something that's come through from the Jewish faith. They look after the widows and orphans. In looking after the widows and orphans, they they hand out to them. But the Hellenists are bringing. A complaint they're bringing this grumbling there's this mumbling under the ground which is the fact that basically the widows their widows are being neglected I don't think this was intentional I think it's just something that that happened I don't think there's a there's a form of malice from the Hebrew Jews within this But what we're seeing is this attack from within the 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 believers, the believers of Christ. Remember, they're all they're still Jews, but they don't. But they now believe these these the believers now believe that Christ is the Messiah, that Christ was the Messiah, and that Christ is risen and He's alive. There's this belief, and so they've broken away from you know some of the things that the Jewish tradition does. Because they don't need to do it anymore. One of them being the sacrifices. But some of the Jewish traditions have maintained, and this is one of them, the handing out, the daily distribution to the widows. But Satan wants to create the division here. He wants to create a clear division between the Hebrew Jews and the Hellenists, or the Greek Jews. Satan loves to divide believers. He has a heart's desire to split believers. And we talked about that earlier on. So, what do we see then happen? Well, the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said it is not desirable that we should leave the word of god and serve tables it is not desirable that we should leave the word of god and serve tables the 12 apostles call together the multitude of disciples disciples being the learners the followers of jesus They've heard about this grumbling. 
and they've called the, the, the learners, the followers of Jesus together. And they've said, you know, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So they make it clear that it's not for them to leave the work that they are doing. They, they open this, this sentence by saying that we shouldn't leave the word of God. And at the end of it, they talk about the fact that they should give themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We'll, we'll pick up on that a little bit later on. But first off, you know, this whole thing of not desirable. Joe, you know, there's a difference between somebody saying, I don't do this because I'm not called to this. And somebody who's saying, you know, I don't do this because I just don't want to do it. We need to be very careful in this. Because we need to check our heart. We need to check our heart. We are to serve. It's not about the fact that they were saying that serving tables is a job beneath us. It was actually what they were saying was we know that our role, we know that God has told us to do the prayer and the ministry of the word. And therefore, it's not our role to go and serve the tables. And we'll look at the serving the tables in a minute. Because, not because it's beneath them, but because they know what God is asking of them. They're not saying it out of an arrogant, prideful heart. They're saying it out of the fact of we have been obedient to what God has called us. And if we go and serve tables, we're being pulled away from this, which is what God has asked us to do. It's not about being prideful. It's about being obedient. If you're asked to serve doing something... Yeah, the question is, do you serve with a glad heart? Do you serve with a glad heart? Or do you serve with grumbling? Oh, Lord, please help us with, with, with serving with a glad heart, but serving in obedience to you. You know, someone asks us, oh, you know, can you serve tea and coffee or can you you know, clean the toilets? Do we do that in obedience to God because it's his heart? Or do we do that out of, no, that's, that's beneath me, I'm too good for that? This is where we need to check our hearts. Leaders are called to serve do you know the word if we go back to verse six uh, sorry verse one the word distribution is service the word ministry is service it's the same word 
Distributing things is service. Ministering the word of the Lord is service. What I talked about earlier on, being equipped for ministry, being equipped to serve. We are all called to serve. We're all called to serve. And so I pray now in the name of Jesus, may the, this, this drop in. May this become clear. That our calling is to serve. Our calling is to serve Jesus. To serve him in obedience and to walk a walk of obedience to him. Not to man. Not to walk a walk of pride or of arrogancy, but to walk a walk of service to the Lord. May we grasp this before we go any further today. That we are called to serve the Lord. So what is this service then? What is this service of the tables? Well, the table was a place of food, but also a place for exchanging money. It was a place to serve the food, but also a place of exchanging money. Remember the money tables in the temple. So this position, this role that the disciples the apostles are talking about was to look at distributing money and provision it was to serve the people and so what was happening is that they were developing a new role a new role that hadn't been seen before yes they were the, the, the apostles had been distributing things and that's where the you know, the, the, the issue had already been come but what was now happening is that they were recognizing they couldn't do that they had to continue doing the work that they were being obedient to it's interesting actually let's just pause here a minute it's interesting here that they had been doing all of this work and you know in doing all this work that that that, that become an issue you know if if leaders try to do everything there's going to become issues we have to be a body of Christ. You know, Paul writes about the body being many parts and the, you know, all these parts work together. This is the point. That we can't work without all the parts. Not everything works together without all the parts working together. It will collapse. But what we see now is the building of a ministry. It's starting to grow. We've seen all these you know, multitudes of people coming together and now it's starting to grow. I think this speaks directly into uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28. In fact, let's look at it from verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Every person is a member. And God appointed these in church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. 
Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So we're all the body of Christ. We're all individuals within the body of Christ. But God has appointed these to the church. It's not a hierarchy. It's a building. It's a building block. It's a building of ministry. First, the apostles. We see it clearly here in Acts that the apostles are the ones that start the work. The apostles are those that build on what Christ has said and Christ has done, that they have the grand vision that they see and they pioneer something. They start something off and they build on it. And an apostle needs a prophet to come alongside them to speak the word of God into them. To align with what they're doing. If an apostle doesn't have a prophet with them, then the apostle will go off on their own. And in fact, apostle can, if they're not careful, can steamroller into things. They need a prophet that will speak into them, will speak what God is saying into them. Once you've got that foundation layer with the apostles and the prophets and things are starting to build, you need the teachers. Those that will come in and teach. It's interesting what it says that the, these are the next things, the teachers. Why? Because the ecclesia is for a body of believers. The ecclesia is not an open door to anybody to come in. Because if it is an open door, then every, <laughs> every preach that happens is going to be evangelistic. So where are then... The believer's going to be equipped. So, first the apostles and then second the prophets laying the foundations. Then the teachers come in and the teachers will bring the teaching, will grow, will grow the believers. From that, there are miracles, there are gifts of healings. Helps, administrations, variety of tongues. All the other things start to flow because the foundations are there. In fact, I just want to link this back into Acts 2. Because in Acts 2, we see this set up. So we've seen you know, Peter has given his great preach. And in Acts 2 verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. What was happening here? The believers had come to, these new believers had come to faith through an evangelistic preach on the streets. They were then baptized that day. There was no ifs and buts about it. It was baptism there and then done. Okay. Then they were then taught. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They, they came together. And they were being taught. And in being taught, then, verse 43, the fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. What's happening? As they become 
taught, as believers become taught, the fear of God then starts to enter into them. And as the fear of God enters them, then we start to see signs and wonders. This speaks again, looking at that passage from 1 Corinthians 12. This is the foundation. This is the building blocks. The building blocks of apostolic ecclesia of apostolic ministry the building blocks apostle prophet teacher and there's that growth there's that growth because then you will see the signs and wonders We need to get a grasp of this. And I believe that we're living in an age where the Lord is actually trying to take us back to these roots. It's taking us back to these roots. It's key that the roots, that the foundations are biblical. And sadly, we see so much that is not biblical today. Because people think that they can do it. It becomes man or woman who think that they can do it. And they don't listen to God. They don't listen to him and listen to what he is directing. The foundation of the Ecclesia is clear. It's clear. And so now what we're starting to see is this growth. But in this growth, the apostles take this to the believers to bring men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So the apostles take it to the disciples to say, okay, bring us a group of men that have good reputation, are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business. So they say to the disciples, you bring them to us and we will appoint them. The final say is with the apostles. And what we see is the start or the establishment of deacons. We start to see the establishment of the deacons. And 1 Timothy 3, Paul talks about the deacons. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith and a pure conscience. But let these also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. These are deacons. 
These are the qualifications of a deacon, which comes back to the whole thing of what they've said in verse 3, of being of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. You know, the word deacon is actually meaning, you know, one who is an attendant or a waiter. One who serves in this capacity. Someone who executes the commands of another. You know, they would execute the, the, the commands of the apostles and do their work. Serving. Serving out. That's what a deacon does. Why? Because the apostles, verse 4, know that they are called to prayer and to minister the word or serve the word. Remember that word ministry means serve. Serve the word. So what happens is the multitude then go off and they choose seven people. Verse 5, it picks up the names of these people. It chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Panminus, and Nicholas. These are all the seven that they bring. And they bring them towards the apostles. And the apostles pray. It's interesting that they pray and this is, a, this is a common thing, again, within what we see in Acts. They pray first. We don't actually know what they're praying. Are they praying for them, or are they praying for you know, discernment? And, and yes, Lord, these are the right seven. We don't know. But what we do know is that they pray first, and then they laid hands on them. The laying on of hands is a biblical thing for commissioning somebody to go and do the work. commissioning someone to go and do the work and we need to be very careful with this because hands need to be laid on to go and do the work they prayed and then they laid on hands And what then happened? Well, then the word of God spread. The word spread means enlarged. The word of God enlarged. Why? Because suddenly the apostles were doing the work that they should be doing. And the new seven, the deacons, were now doing the work that they should be doing, that they were called to do. And so you've gone from basically having 12 apostles to now having 12 plus 7 doing the work of the Lord the word of God enlarged spread and the number of disciples multituded sorry multiplied greatly in Jerusalem disciples the learners the followers of Christ multiplied again 
Remember we talked earlier on about the fact that Satan had wanted to cause division, but what we see now is a multiplication again. And what I find fascinating is the last bit of this in verse 7. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Who are these priests? The word priests is those who were offering sacrifices. So the Jewish priests were offering the sacrifices that they believed that God was still wanting them to do. Remember we talked about the fact that the Jewish tradition said that they would look after the widows and the orphans. And so this was something that they would walk through. This is all biblical. But what we see now is as the, the followers of Christ you know, sort this issue out and the way they've dealt with it, we now see a great many of the priests obedient to the faith. I believe that these are Jewish priests who have been standing and watching and seeing all of this happen. And if we think back to where we were last week, you know, with Gamali, you know, the, the, the Pharisee who stood up and said, if this, is, if this is a work of God, then we better leave it alone. And I believe that what we're seeing here is that there are a group of, of Jewish priests who have been watching all of this. And the fulfillment of what Gamaliel said is now all starting to work through. Because now we see Jewish priests becoming obedient to the faith. I think that that's what we're starting to see. I believe that's what we're starting to see here. We're starting to see not just, you know, people who have been Jews starting to come to faith but we're now seeing leaders in the Jewish tradition coming to faith because of the way that these things have happened because of the integrity of the apostles and we're starting to see now as the community of believers grows the family of Christ grows. We are starting to see a very powerful move of God. Because he's not just moving now within those who are you know, who have been believer, Jewish believers. We're actually starting to see now a leadership of Jewish believers. Turn to Christ. Come to Jesus. And I know that we will see, when we start to see, you know, we can see believers coming to faith. We can see believers recognizing who Jesus is. We can see, you know, people from other faiths coming to recognize who Jesus is and transform. But when we start to see leaders change and come to the Lord, then we're starting to see a massive move. A move that is going to be beyond anything that we can ever imagine. This is going to be a great revival. But we have to remember the foundation of where all this comes from. There is a foundation. And as we've walked through this today, and we've picked up on that foundation, again, we need to keep this foundation in mind. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Does his building blocks change? I don't believe they do. 
We are going to see a great revival, but the great revival is going to come from a foundation block building. And so as we come towards the end of our time together for this week, I want to encourage you, where is your foundations? Where are your foundations built? But where are the foundations also built in regards to what you believe and the people that you walk with? I'm not against what churches are doing at all. Far from it. What I'm saying is that let's get back to God's word. Growth can take five minutes or it can take a bit of time but the holy spirit is in it if we are walking by faith knowing that what god has told us is the truth that we know that we've heard from him and we can walk that walk and not be shaken from it that's the key thing do not be shaken from what god has spoken to you this is why i believe that you know, I can bring these things, but the Lord has to reveal it to you, the listener. He has to rev bring revelation to you so that you know the truth. Yeah, remember, this only started with a small group of people, 12 apostles, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. You may only be a small group, but if you hold on faith and build on what he has set for you, he will grow it. Jesus says that he will build his church, and if you are in the right place with him, he will build the church. Oh, Father God, as we close for this week, I pray that I pray that, that, that the revelation of the foundations are true. That your words is truth. Lord, that no one can shake your word. Your word is true. It's the same yesterday and today and forevermore, just as you are. Help us to hold on to this in faith. Holy Spirit, pour out revelation to each listener. Lord, over the coming days and weeks, will you pour into each listener a revelation of who you are, but a revelation also of what you require of them. Lord, may the dross within us all burn up and may you fill us with your spirit, with your light, that we are sanctified we keep walking from glory to glory being built up in you in jesus name amen amen well again just an amazing privilege to to, to share with you and just see what god is doing yeah and i pray that yeah as you, as you've listened to this that you have been equipped you have been encouraged 
You know, feel free to drop us a line. You can contact us on Facebook at Wholeness Ministries. Yeah, and and yeah, just just drop us a line. If there's anything you want to pick up on, any conversations you want to have, then pick up on it. Drop us a line at Wholeness Ministries on Facebook. We'd love to engage with you and love to you know, walk whatever walk you are walking through. We're grateful to BMC Radio and to HOD Radio Network for broadcasting this as well. Until next week, may God bless you and may you know that you are loved. God bless.